0: Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast, episode 120, the Paris Major Part 10, featuring Peter Dupree Rasmussen from Vitality. Hey
1: guys, this is Lectrick. I hey guess I'm Guardian. This is Daps. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Fair. This is Kerrigan. Are you listening to truth. The truth. The truth. The, truth, the truth, the truth, the Truth, the Truth, the Truth CSGO podcast? The Truth CSGO podcast. The Truth CSGO podcast. This is Raps, and you're listening to the Truth CSGO podcast.
0: It's the night before Champions stage, and Paris feels electric. I went into the stadium today to do three final long-form interviews with Naf, Shuhi and Magisk, and uh, they could feel it too. The stadium is amazing. The games before us are so exciting. There's underdogs and favourites. It's going to be a fitting end to Valve-sponsored CSGO events. The favourites from most pundits seem to be either Heroic or Vitality to take the trophy. There's plenty to say for the former who feel due to win a big one, but the latter have been on a tear since they beat, only last month, Cloud9, Big, OG, FaZe and the aforementioned heroic to win IEM Rio. The pieces in this roster finally seem to be standing up. Spinx, the new superstar, Magus, once the magic piece that unlocked the greatest roster of all time. Apex, the seasoned pro, Zaiwu, the wunderkind, Zonic, the greatest coach to ever stand behind a team and Dupree, the most decorated veteran at the major and the only player to attend all 19 majors. When I saw Dupree had an interview available uh, on Media Day, I jumped at it, even though there's plenty of content and in-depth interviews out there with him. His openness has meant that as the game has grown, as we've seen him grow with it, he is the daniel radcliffe of csgo we've all lived and breathed it with him we have followed his journey so i was very excited now my talk with magus today was quite illuminating about the team itself but with dupree it was perhaps a little more personal we spoke about motivation we spoke to about success fatherhood all my concerns du jour and of course what the hell happened to australis at pgl krakow 2017, one of my bugbear issues. Enjoy this chat with the nicest guy in Counter-Strike mere days before he possibly wins his fifth CSGO Major. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> you just got a, a, quite a vicious pat on the head from
1: Apex there. Yeah. Uh, how it is be a teammate of him. <laughs> Tough love. Sometimes,
0: yes. I wonder if we should go somewhere else. It might be a bit noisy here, actually. It's up to you you decide I think let's just go for it sure let's go Uh, you're a dad now yes congratulations thank you I've been speaking to a couple of dads yeah Snappy JKM (laughs) yeah and uh, a lot of people in the community say that you know when someone has a kid they're going to lose focus they're not going to have as much time for practice but a lot of my friends who have kids say that they work twice as hard because now they've got someone to feed yeah and also, they don't have as much time. So they become much better about using their time and their practice time. How have you experienced it?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I can definitely agree to the whole part that you get less time. Um, and that was something that I, I obviously was very um, focused on whenever I knew that I was going to have a kid. I knew that I was not going to put in the same amount of hours that I did when, when I didn't have a kid. Uh, but then at the same time, going back maybe one and a half year, maybe one year back... I uh, sure I was still putting in hours in the game, but not as much as a, an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old would do, because obviously I've had a very long career. I've achieved a lot of things. Um, of course, I still have a hunger to to perform and to win. But I still think it's it's different compared to all these young kids coming into the game because you know they are like they've been following the game for a couple of years and they really want to break through and become a professional. Um, I think that is like a motivation you cannot find, like you cannot compare the type of motivation, and you can't. Um, you can't find that motivation once you've already made like it's not on the same level. I think that is the kind of the highest motivation you can ever get is that you want to achieve something uh, and become a professional in something than, 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 than anything else. And so I was obviously I was very aware of the whole fact that now I'm getting a kid, I'm gonna have less time. But and uh, I mean, I'm I think I'm pretty I'm doing pretty well in terms of just like knowing when I'm home. I'm also a dad, but I also have to, you know, I have to fulfill my, my, my things as a professional player, but once I go to a tournament like I am now, I, you know, I put the things behind me, you know, I, I park all the feelings and everything behind them. And of course, I still miss my, my girlfriend and my kid, but I know that I'm here for a reason, I'm here to fulfill something, and in that sense, I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I have my focus and my focus is really strong, and I think in some sense maybe it's gotten a lot stronger compared to maybe, as you mentioned, like it's gotten stronger. The last couple of months, knowing that everything is fine with the kid, you know, I have no worries. You know, he's doing good at home and everything. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's different, but it's in a good
0: different. I mean, this is actually really what I wanted to speak to you most about. We saw an incredible resurgence from you in that Cloud Nine game, especially, but at IAM Rio, mm-hmm. and one of the things that really interests me and about following counter-strike especially at my age is how you find new motivations how you reinvent yourself mm. but i like one of the things i one of the reasons i love watching this game because i watched it so long every time Forrest drops a 30 bomb i'm like he's still got it you yeah, know yeah, and i feel good. like i can still get it yeah. i've i can still have it mm. um and so i wonder like how you do address that kind of stuff like are you constantly talking with Zonic or Lars, working out where that motivation comes from or new things you need to do to account for the less time you have?
1: I think for, for, for me, uh, personally, it's um, it's most about me, I obviously making the most out of it because with the amount of time that I put into the game, practicing at home, uh, being away from my, my kid and my girlfriend, uh, missing out on social things at home. Um, all the practice hours, all the traveling hours, spending time in an, in an airplane or doing media days and everything, you know, all the time that I invest into this, is, I mean, it has to, has to be worth it. And if I would go into a game or into a tournament or whatever it could be, knowing that, okay, so I've spent and I've committed so, many, so much time, and if I'm not going to go in there and give my all, then it's not worth it. I mean, I, I, then I would rather do something else, you know. I, I would much rather just be home and say, okay, I'm not going to play anymore because I can't find a motivation anymore. I'm going to stay home and I'm going to just focus on, you know, being a good dad and, and you know, living my life after my career. Um, so, and I've also said to myself all the time that I've been playing this game that as long as I feel like I can still contribute and still, like, you know, be among some of the best players out there and being on the best team and playing the majors and all the big tournaments, not missing out on those. Um, then, then I want to compete because I, it, it's part of my DNA that I, that I really enjoy competing and obviously Counter-Strike has been with me for, for, for many years and, and it means a lot to me. And there's like no in-between for me. Let's say that I would all of a sudden, all of a sudden find myself playing um, in a team that would only compete in lesser tournaments and just once in a while go to a major, I would be like, this is not worth it anymore for me. Like, it definitely wouldn't be worth it because with the time investment, that the teams do that they're not making the majors, like they also, you know, put in shit tons of hours to uh, to make it, but they don't make it. You know, I mean, I need to be at, at the highest level. Otherwise, I would I would just do something else. I think that is the most important thing to me. And, and and of course, my career has been really, really long. I've won four majors. I've won pretty much all the tournaments there is to win. Um, I've had an era. I've tried. Like I have personal uh, achievements. I have a, a Grand Slam. You know, 19 out of 19 majors. All that kind of things. Um, I'm 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 very self-critical in that sense that I always want to do better and sometimes that's good sometimes it's bad because I'm very hard to I'm, I'm I have a hard time being satisfied with what I've achieved so in some sense I want to keep going I don't know, really know when to say stop I think um, and for me that is also one of the reasons why I'm I'm still competing I believe that I that I just. I don't feel like I'm done. You, no. I think that's, that's
0: the whole idea about it. Well, why would you? I mean, just because you hold a trophy doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you feel like you've gotten as far as you can go. Mm. Well, I mentioned that Cloud9 game. Do you look at games like that and and you know retroactively and go, what did I do that day yeah. that caused this performance?
1: I think that is a, that's actually been one of my... Uh for The last couple of years, maybe, has been one of my weaknesses actually. Uh, trying to look for that key, looking for the key for, like, okay, so I played really well today. What did I do with my monitor? I, was it like uh, the perfect length from my, my, my you know, the, the perfect distance? Like, how was my mouse pad lined? What did I eat for breakfast? What did I eat before the game? Have I slept eight hours or nine hours? You mean so you on?
0: don't do that or you can't, you can't work I've it out? I've done
1: it too much. I, I've, oh, I've really never been looking for that. I, I, I did that a lot the last couple of years, you know. Every time I had a good performance, I was like, oh, did I have a breakfast? What did I do? What did I sleep? What did I think? What did I, you know, all that kind of things. And I think sometimes if you, and sometimes if you, if you try too hard, you'll just keep looking for the answer. And I think that is maybe also one of the reasons why I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs in my career. So I've, I've, I've constantly been trying to find that specific thing that makes me perform every single time. And I just don't think it's there. I mean, yeah, there's stuff that, you know, okay, I need maybe at least hour, 8 hours of sleep, then there's a bigger chance that I will perform better and I shouldn't eat directly into the game and all that kind of stuff, but there's not like a guaranteed way that you will always drop 25 kills or 30 kills because then everyone will be doing it. So I think that that is one of, the, it's been a weakness for me, I think that I've been trying to find that that, that uh, success and, and the key. But for weakness,
0: you mean like you spent more time on that when you should have just spent more time? practicing or, or in in
1: the weakness in a sense that it, it took too much of my time it took too much of my focus I, I i literally tried to find figure it out and then i had a bad game oh i might need to change this for the next one and instead of just being like just go with the flow you know right. i mean i think that is when i function the best is when i just go with the flow i don't overthink and i don't complicate myself and things and, and i spent a lot of energy trying to and that energy that i tried to that i put into finding trying to find that success um I, would have, I think it would have been a lot more efficient for me if I would just put that into the game or not maybe worrying so I would actually be a lot more focused. I think I just spent too much focus on it.
0: Right. It's funny to hear you say this has been a big weakness for you because it's hard to, for me to imagine you've playing any better than you did yeah, yeah. but you know you're, you're fucking I've, I've, I've had one of the my, greatest ever
1: I've had I've had my uh, I've ha- of course I, I've had my share of, of greatness and I've also had my my periods where it's been tough and I've had a period for ever since last summer that has been has been difficult for me like in terms of uh, changing inside the game having to adapt to somewhat of a new role and new expectations for myself and from the teammates and everything you know there's been a lot and you're becoming a dad. there's been a lot and yeah. down in the background I've been trying to take my focus and then and, and, and also the whole transition from coming from Astralis being recognised as you know a star player alongside Device, having to you know performance a rifle in that sense, and all of a sudden going to Vitality where you have a player like Saïdou that obviously is a superstar in, in many aspects, bringing in Spinks that is supposed to be this um, this new star rifle. You know, instead of me, you know, like also the whole acceptance of that there's this new young guy coming into full, like, fill, like you know, fill out the space that I left. You know, and I'm needed somewhere else now.
0: Um, you feel like that was an ego like, change for you? Yeah, of
1: course it was. I mean, it, 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 of course it was an ego change, but also, I don't, not only that, but also with, with the whole uh, shift in players, you know, the, the, there are so many new players coming and new talents bringing it, coming into the game. And in the okay. beginning, like, this guy, he doesn't know anything, you know, he's bad, no one know his name, you know, but he's actually hitting headshots, you know, and then I remember when it was my turn back, when I was 18, you know, all of a sudden I was playing against Tass and getting right in fours and all these players, you're like, oh, these guys, you know, they're big guys, you know. I'm gonna go out there and prove that I can, I can also do this, you know? And then all of a sudden, when you realize that they're just humans, you know? Yeah, they're good at the game, but they're not unbeatable. When I mean, you can shoot back, and you can fight back, you're like, yeah, they're not that good. Yeah, of course they're good, but you're not, they're not unbeatable. And, and I think that is the mentality that a lot of the, the young kids have nowadays. And I, I can beat these guys. Yeah. You know, he's just an old guy, you know? And all but, but where obviously I have something that they don't have is the whole experience, uh, you know? Mostly when you're playing on stage, um, I think that is where my experience is like most recognizable, also coming from Rio. When we played the first game against Big in the, in the quarterfinals, I just feel really comfortable, you know, it's so like this is where I belong, you know, this is where I like to perform. So.
0: You know, just circling back to that, um, that idea of sort of trying to maximize your chances to have a good game, one of the things that was mentioned in that Launders interview was about the dietary stuff and the psychology stuff that we, we sort of started to see when Australis brought it in. And he asked you sort of how aware you are of that. You said you're like more aware of it now as you get older. Yeah. One thing I've been really like fascinated to see is that some of the teams around here haven't quite implemented that. Mm-hmm. But you guys are doing it like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's professional teams here yeah. where they're getting paid shit tons of money. They yeah. might win the whole grand final if if they are good enough. Mm-hmm. And they're still not treating themselves with, you know, the potential that like everything you do has a percentage mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. to give you a better chance to win this thing. I mean I think that's crazy, but I'm I'm curious as to like how that's translated over in vitality. And are you still in that kind of a, a sphere of Percentages.
1: I still, I strongly believe that one of the reasons why a lot of teams haven't picked it up, uh, and in my honest opinion, in Vitality, we've done more than we do now. It was, uh, when we joined the team back in the days, it, it was more on, on the agenda than it is now. Not saying that we're not doing it nowadays, but it's it, it's, it's, it's been like, it's less than that it was at the beginning, uh, and also for that matter, what we did in Astralis. Um, I think the main reason is that esports is just so, in, like, immature or so young I mean I think it's really hard to go in, you come to this young kid and you say okay so if you pure just drink water and you eat healthy and you exercise daily and you do this and this and this you will become a better counter player I think it's really hard for the kid to understand that I think he's he's just like the more hours I sit in of the PC the more hours I practice my nades and my aim and everything the better I'll be and I don't want to eat Salad and, and you know healthy food. Give me a burger or a pizza, you know, because that's comfort food. For me, I feel good, you know.
0: And do team walks in
1: the and morning yes, or whatever. Yes, exactly, man. I think it's it's um, because the whole computer games and obviously uh, you know you're sitting still. You like you're not doing anything like no no physical in that sense. Is it's it's a high contrast to to go out and work out and eat healthy and drink and everything. I think it's two words that you have to combine in some sense, and I think the combination is just really hard to find right now. Right. Also, because I think the main reason, as, as I mentioned, is that people don't believe it. Like, you, you, people just solely don't believe it. They don't believe that, that doing all these things will make you a better contract player. Right. Uh, I've, lear- I've learned it uh, in, I wouldn't say the hard way, but we were introduced to everything back in Astralis, and back then it was also like, why should I listen to some guy, my sports psychology, telling me that, oh, maybe I should try and focus less on the computer, then I will actually be a better contract player, you know? Yeah. For me, it doesn't make sense. Obviously, it doesn't make sense. It does nowadays, because I've learned and I've experienced that, for me, it's not about the hours I spend in front of the PC. It's actually more about like the whole, like the, the quality of what I get out of it, you know? Uh,
0: I actually actually mentioned this to Big Azera. Yeah. Because um, he had a player on his team who was eating McDonald's every day. And, uh, and I'm like, that's crazy. And he's like, dude, Astralis had a boot camp without PCs, and that was how they had their downfall. And I'm like, I don't think that was how it went. <laughs> but that's apparently the narrative out there, yeah. you know? So I can see that there's still that schism. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a long way for esports to go, isn't there? No, but
1: there is, because there's so many different aspects and so many different ideas of how you should function. Um, and yeah, we've, co- we've come a long way since uh, the beginning of Counter-Strike, obviously. A long, long way. Um, but I strongly, I still strongly believe, and I've had this discussion with my sports coaches multiple times, that if you would, if you had five players and you know coaches and staff and everything behind each other, and you would follow this path, uh, like eating healthy, doing workout, and all, I think you could gain so much. But it's still in a stage where people. If they don't believe it they don't want to follow it you don't get anything out of it it just gets a burden and people start thinking it's annoying you know why do i have to go out and work out when i just want to play He gets frustrated about that He gets frustrated inside the game and it's just like a downward spiral so for that matter i think
0: so there need, needs to be a, a community-wide shift or like a, a player-wide shift basically in mentality for it to happen i think so and it's also so I, they I, come I mean, into a probe expecting that this is what they're gonna have yeah, to do
1: yeah. and also the demand from the organizations or the managers or the physical uh uh, the, the person in, in charge of the physical aspect of, of the whole thing uh, is, you know, if they would demand that you do this. Let's say you pick up five guys when they're 15 and you're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this for the next three years and we're going to see how it brings us. Then maybe you could see the result. But if you just take five experienced guys who've been doing it for five years, they're not going to change. Like, you know, I'm, it's just how it is, you know. You need to implement it really early in the, in their lives, just like in football.
0: Right. I have a lot I want to ask you about the meta, but these guys have a tendency to come and tear my <laughs> interviews away, so I'm just going to ask you some listener questions if that's sure. all right. Yeah, So of course. make sure we get that in. A guy called Singtong Chan asks Do you still keep in touch with any of the Astralis boys apart from Zonic and Magisk?
1: Um, I'm playing with. I'm playing with the Cipix quite not often, but some, once in a while. I think that's the guy I'm, I'm keeping in touch with the most. Uh, there, obviously, there, there's no grudge or no bad blood between any of us, but obviously we're still um, we're, we're still competing against each other. So we also, in, in that sense, we're also uh, competitors. Um So, but yeah, Sebich so is probably the one I talk. Is he
0: making it. the most of his time and the talent? I think uh,
1: for uh, for him, um, obviously it's it's a setback that he's not uh, that he's not playing on the main team anymore. But I think that the, the, the whole Australian team, as of, as of right now, is obviously they have their issues and. I think there was just okay. We need to to do something, and then I think he was just the odd one out. I and mean, I I don't solely believe that he is the main issue. I mean, maybe it's just a constellation of the players, or I don't know. I think. I it's think we can thing all
0: see it. that that's the case. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know who this was actually. Sorry. Um. Someone said, ask Dupree who is his favorite player, who his favorite player was when he started his CS career. Uh,
1: it's, <laughs> it sounds a little bit cheesy saying Sonic. Uh, I think Sonic, like Bangladesh, I, I was watching watching him a lot when whenever he played. In MTW one point six, so really? obviously, yeah, yeah. I was, I remember. <laughs> it's a funny story. <laughs> actually, I, I'll try and make it short. But I was watching. They were playing against Navi in WCG in two thousand and nine, I believe
0: it was. You know what? I don't, I don't know this because I saw it, but I know this because I read it in his book. Oh yeah. Oh, he, he put it in the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I was just watching it at home, and I was watching it at the grand final, and it was. At, I think they were playing in the states, so it was kind of in the middle of an. Oh, it was. I think it was late, in. Um, or maybe, I don't know where they were, it doesn't matter. But whatever, it was late, so I was watching it at night. And I remember that, I, you know, I was already in bed. I went, got back up to watch it. My mom, she didn't know that I was watching it. And I remember they won a really crucial round, won, won a really important map. And I screamed, you know, I was so happy. And she figured out that I was still up and she got so pissed <laughs> at me. So yeah, but Sonic, but uh, in CSGO, I, th- I, had a, I had a thing for Forrest. I think Forrest has always been, uh, it's been a nice guy. So.
0: Yeah. You guys, You guys share the wholesome tag, I reckon. You've taken the mantle of most wholesome in the the community. (laughs) Willie, sorry, Wiley, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He wants to know what the biggest change or improvement is that you've noticed as a player from the first major to the last.
1: Well, that's a a tricky question. Um, I think... Obviously, that when when we when I won the first major, I was still very uh, very inexperienced, and of course I had my I had my doubts about myself. Will I ever win a major? And then all of a sudden, I found myself winning one, and I was like, Oh, this is you know, I achieved what I actually want to achieve. But then I realized that 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 I, I had so much more to achieve. I believed that I could go further and win a lot more. So of course, my my experience is probably one of the things that has that that has been like the most important thing for me. But uh, the belief in I think the most important thing is to believe that it's never over until the enemy team has 16, 16 rounds. Uh, and I think that's also what kept me going actually against Cloud9 when we played them recently. Uh, yeah, they might be up 10-1 or 12-1 or whatever they were, but they had to get 16. And as long as I'm still in the server, I can still fight back. I think that is probably the, one, the most important thing. It
0: was fucking amazing. <laughs> I've got one last question to ask you, uh, which, is a, which is a personal thing for me. Mm-hmm. I f- and it's about the majors, so I feel like it's in the topics I feel like at PGL Krakow you guys you guys should have won that whole yeah. major <laughs> yeah. but my impression as a viewer and no one ever said this but this was my impression was that you had prepped for SK mm-hmm. to be the grand finalists with you mm-hmm. cuz when you got to the maps like Overpass it was like you fucking read every single move they had mm-hmm. so well and then obviously next you beat you were knocked out by Gambit mm-hmm. and it was like my impression from the outside was you'd put your prep into SK mm-hmm. and hadn't really worked out how yeah. you're going to play against other teams.
1: Uh, obviously, the, uh, the, the, the knowing at that time when we were going up against SK, who was undoubtedly the best team in the world at that time, we were like, okay, this is, a, this is potentially the grand final in the quarterfinals. And I remember that uh, we played extremely well in that game, as you mentioned. It was amazing. So we, like, I think it's some of the best counter we've ever played. And, you know, uh, that was, that's, that's, that's kind of a thing to say. And... Obviously beating SK was, was amazing, and then going up against Gambit was this, Gambit was this uh, underdog. T- we knew they could play well, but at the same time they were this team that was kind of underdog and no one really expected them to go this far. And I think we just, we, uh, we took it too lightly and sometimes we, uh, we underestimated them a little bit in the semi-final thing. And then they started shooting back and we were like, why are we actually losing this one right now? And then we started having issues, lost first map uh one second and then on train i think we had a had, we had a decent lead and we should have won that one as well and then we just started to crumble i don't know why but obviously they they played well i mean and we we, we had some issues but yeah it was uh, i think it was uh, we underestimated them and i think that's why we we lost it
0: mm. It's it's nice to be validated for something I've thought about for seven years. Uh, Um, There was a setup you guys used to have on Nuke. And I'm sorry to not be focusing on Vitality, but (laughs) like I said, it's been years I've been able to talk to you guys. Um, And it was a pistol round that you used to do when you're on your Nuke streak, where you'd meet at the bottom of Secret underneath, and you'd all have CZs, and you'd be hiding in different corners. And it was like a ballet. (laughs) like one person had peek and then the other person would peek and then someone else would peek behind them and whoever came down just got like turned into like mints yeah. in this do you remember that
1: I, I remember the strategy like partly I think that the whole idea about it is, is obviously the fact that whenever you go secret there's like the corridors is like kind of slim and there's a lot of angles you need to worry about and especially in these type of rounds if you get the first kill and usually you want to do be really good at trading. Whenever you're the when you are the team that is not on the the force buy. so you want to be efficient in your tradings. But it's kind of hard to be efficient in trading. So if you get the first kill, and you can you know provoke the guy to peek into a different angle where another guy is heading, and you just keep doing your back and forth, it just gets so complicated. So I think that was like the the main the main thought about it. Yeah. And obviously in those rounds you need to gamble. And we've always had this at least back in in the days in Australia, people didn't want to play inner like the the, the A bomb side because. Um, it was very easy for them to stack. So it was more of a gamble for us to go there. We were like, people like to go here because they think it's easier, but it's actually not whenever you like, because it's all about mind games, you know? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I remember just being flabbergasted at how good it was.